Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. It's the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined by Jake McGee. Jake, it is the 50th episode extravaganza. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad at all. It uh, feels nice to have a big milestone. It feels honestly like more sometimes, and then other times it feels like we've just started. So wraps up quite nicely having a, a good look back and a, a roundup of everything. Yes, indeed. Uh, now, we are going to be joined later on by, uh, we've got Tim, he's going to be joining us, giving us his own view on the upcoming Super Bowl. Uh, we've also got uh, Dave and Callum chiming in as well. We're going to be getting random stats from everyone. Uh, but of course, Jake, you know, we're going to start off. There's a couple of bits of news that we do need to cover before we actually talk about the championship games and then look forward towards the Super Bowl. Um, and I suppose the big news, the one that was... Uh, it was the one that came out today. Uh, a certain Mr. Tom Brady has re-retired um, at the age of 45. Retired on the 1st of February today, which he did last year. Retired on the 1st of February, but then came back. So, Jake, I'll put it to you first. What's your thoughts on this? Does Tom Brady not understand April Fool's? Does he... Like, is this, <laughs> this like... Instead of April 1st, it's February 1st? Like, are we, are we really going to do this again? But... Hopefully, this is the the end of the story. Uh, no offense, just nobody really wants to see forty six year old Tom Brady oh, throwing God. the ball. Um, my biggest concern and worry from all this is what happens to Greg Olson um, because Tom Brady's got that monster deal um, with one of the broadcasters, and just that take Greg Olson away from us because I think he's been fantastic this year. I um, yeah, I, I I think if that is the case. Greg Olson will get a job somewhere else. I mean, he's earned it. I sure hope Definitely. so. He's probably the biggest loser today in terms of he's got sat there going, I'm the, one of the only people in the world that really wish Tom Brady would stick around for another year or two. <laughs> You're probably right. He's probably sitting there going, oh, for God's sakes, man. Why don't you just play another three or four years? Let me have this. Um, yeah, so Tom Brady has re-retired. He he announced it on uh, social media today uh, in a very short video, because uh, as he'd said himself in the video, if you've not seen it, go on to Twitter, you can see the video. Um, he'd already had his big speech last year. He'd already had all the platitudes for everyone last year. So this At least was he's just, self-aware. Yeah, this is true. So it was a short, I think it was maybe a 30-second video, 45-second video that he put out uh, announcing his retirement. Once again, he didn't mention the Patriots. Don't know what's going on there. You'd think he would. <laughs> so he's had two two retirement speeches and not thank the Patriots. So yeah, Tom Brady. Uh, I think, I, I think I, the, the biggest thing will be in five years' time in the Hall of Fame when J.J. Watt and Tom Brady get inducted together. Will he mention the Patriots then? Because if he doesn't then, then is he just going to disregard the majority surely, of his career? Surely. Surely he will. I mean, he, he kind of has to. If if Bill Belichick isn't there at Tom Brady's uh, induction into the Hall of Fame, uh, because, you know, all, all, all kidding and jokes aside, that uh, we all like to make at the expense of Mr. Brady... Um, He's he holds every single career record just about for for throwing the ball, uh, and of course you know with wins and um, Super Bowl MVPs and Super Bowl rings, he, he's got a lot. He's walking into Canton. We all know this, um, and everyone will be there. Surely, Bill Belichick. I mean, what would you think if you were Bill Belichick? <laughs> what 
What would you think of this? I would hope that, especially now he's retired and hopefully stays retired, they can you know go golfing, have a, a conversation, have a heart to heart, and I would love to see Bill Belichick be the one to induct Tom Brady. That's, that would be ideal to me. Anything else would kind of feel a bit off, wrong. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can make amends with whatever is obviously going on because they both seem to avoid mentioning each other as much as possible, which is always very peculiar. Speaking of Tom Brady retiring, Jake, um, the only quarterback they've got is Kyle Trask, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, who... What do they do at the quarterback position? We we haven't spoken about how this affects them. We've spoken about other teams, but what do you reckon? I mean, do they get Blaine Gabbert back? Or do they maybe look to a former Tom Brady successor, the, the, the first Tom Brady successor, and think, hey, Jimmy G, you're probably out of town in San Francisco. How about come down to Tampa Bay? You know, Again, good, good uh, no-income tax. I don't know, you know, he's a, a very solid star. It, it might be something to keep an eye on and, and something that may be on the cards. What, what about yourself? Do you think there's anyone, you know, anyone likely to take over or are they got to just look to the draft? I, I think, that, I'll be honest, I forgot about Jimmy G. <laughs> so I was going to say, I think they look to the draft because you, you see some of the quarterbacks who are out there. Um, there's talk about, um, let's talk about Baker Mayfield might be available. You know, when Stafford coming back with the Rams, um, Zach Wilson might be available. I don't think it, and I don't think they'll take a punt on Zach Wilson because I don't think anyone will, uh, unless it's purely as a backup. Um, it's a tough one. I forgot about Jimmy G. He might like it. Yeah, he might like again. Them. Again, it kind of follows patterns, and you know, it would be poetic in terms of he was supposed to replace Brady at. Um, New England, and now he's going to replace them in Tampa Bay, possibly. That might happen. And then, of course, mentioning New England, Mac Jones is in New England, but there are some rumblings going on there that he might not be happy there, or the team might not be happy with Mac Jones. Like looking at looking forward to the draft, there's there's a few quarterbacks there. Um, I don't think anyone's particularly jumping out. Um, much in the same way as uh, this year's draft. No quarterbacks look particularly head and shoulders above the others. Um, do you think there'll be many quarterbacks drafted early on? The Bears. Bears, I've got the first pick overall. Justin Fields. Do you think they trade that to a team who might be looking for a quarterback? Yes, today they came out, or, or there was a report anyway, that's they're sticking with Justin Fields, which, by the way, if that was some sort of breaking news, or if that was a discussion, I'd be, int- I'd be, I'd love to know. I'd love to be a fan of because I don't think it was even a discussion in given the, the Chicago. Year he had, like the best, yeah. best quarterback in the year the Bears have had since G. Cutler was there. So I very much doubt that was a conversation they had, but they are sticking with Fields, which again, no surprise. But will they look to trade the the first overall pick? Who would move up? You know, do the Texans just move up one? just to make sure no one can jump them? Or, you know, is there a team out there, the Bucks, the Saints, maybe the Patriots, who will try, knowing that pick is available, um, to, to jump up? I think the worst thing the Bears can do if that report did come from the Bears is tell people it's available, because then you can't uh, haggle as much. If you're, oh no, we really want to pick at number one, it's going to take a big move to, to move us. 
uh, you've got a bit more leeway. But I, I think there will be some movement. I'm really looking forward, once the Super Bowl is done and dusted, to, to talk more to you and about the, the draft going forward and get his kind of list of the prospects. I've not really looked into it yet, um, but I know you and his someone that keeps an eye on it pretty much all year round. So I, I can't really tell you how many quarterbacks are going to go this year, but I guarantee more will go in the first round than last year. Yeah, but maybe not four in the first top ten. Well, let's ask Maurice Jones Drew. I mean, he might say 10 of the top 10 this year, so. <laughs> he might. Um, yeah, of course, uh, we'll be, of course, after the Super Bowl, we'll immediately be looking towards the draft. So we will be uh, getting back into the, the era of our resident college expert, Ewan McPhail, uh, which means we'll be able to reintroduce Ewan McPhail's Draft Day Fails as a segment, which was one of my favorites. I always loved that one. Um, yeah, so we'll definitely be able to look at that. I, I, I don't know. I, I've seen a couple of names bandied about. The Texans you mentioned there, they, they, they've got to look for a quarterback. We, we know that Davis Mills isn't the guy there. Um, but what, what else are they going to do? Do we think Mike White's the guy at the Jets if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go? With all the talk about Aaron Rodgers? Do we think that if... If Garoppolo doesn't go to Tampa Bay, what do they do? Would you mind seeing Garoppolo in the Saints? To be honest, at this point, I don't really see the value in the Saints because we already have two mediocre quarterbacks. Why so add a third? Um, no offense, Jimmy G. I mean, is he better than the two we have? Quite possibly. Is he someone you get really excited for? Not really. So if the Saints are going to stick with veterans, why go out and get another one? You know, if we've already got two in the building, so. That's a good point. Um, you've got, I mean, you've got Andy Dalton there. You've got James Winston there. Um, Ian Book's still there? No, he went to the, the Eagles. He's probably going to get pick up a ring this year <laughs> without doing anything. <laughs> He's like, I'm tired of being here. I'm going to go somewhere else and be a third stringer. Oh, look, I got a Super Bowl. That, that the can Eagles happen. love the Saints. The Eagles love the Saints. Yes, they do. Um, now, of course, uh, at, at the end of this uh, the show, of course, we're going to have a final segment is random stats, but you've just reminded me of something. I don't know if I ever mentioned this for you before, but uh, because it's Super Bowl weekend and we're talking about third string quarterbacks, did I ever tell you a story about Gail Gilbert? Did I ever tell I you about I don't believe him? so. He was, a, he was a backup, the third string quarterback, tell I, for the Buffalo Bills in the 90s when they went to four straight Super Bowls. Um, and they lost all four. And, of course, Gail Gilbert was just... Well, he never played. He was third-string quarterback. And he's like, oh, this is rubbish. So he left and he went to the San Diego Chargers, who immediately went to the Super Bowl and lost. Um, <laughs> so Gail Gilbert lost five straight Super Bowls. <laughs> That's rough. Now we know who to blame. Ian it wasn't the kick. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the kick going wide. No! No, it was Gail Gilbert. He was the reason the Bills lost those four. Um... So Ian Book might be the opposite. Maybe like he's gone to the Eagles and, and now they're going to like start winning Super Bowls and then Ian Book will like go somewhere else and then that team will win the Super Bowl and he's just like, this is great. I've got 15 rings, you know, in 15 years. Like, yeah, I love it. And that's a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it could happen. We'll be the only podcast in the world that is on Ian Book Watch. Yeah. Do you know what? I am on Ian Book Watch. If, if the <laughs> Eagles win this, if the Eagles win, I will be watching Ian Book's um, resume, where he goes next, or if he stays in the Eagles. Keeping an eye on that. 
I don't know who the third stringer is in Kansas City. I don't know the second string is in Kansas. Oh, it's Chad Henney, isn't it? Is it Chad? I was going to say, is it still Chad Henney? I still don't know Chad that Henny. much. But. Yes. Um, but I don't know who that third stringer is. So you got you got to watch those third string quarterbacks. They're sneaky. They'll get you, you know? <laughs> so uh, there we go. And uh, we're going to be getting Tim in later on, as I say. This news sort of overshadowed all the other news that was going on, um, including, Jake, a head coach trade between your team and my team. Sean Payton has gone to the Denver Broncos. Um, now, obviously, although Sean Payton wasn't coaching, the Saints still essentially had his contract, uh, for want of a better term. Um, and so, the um, do you have the details of the trade? Do you know what the exact trade yep, was? The Saints received this year's first round pick, which was yep. number 30, now 29, thanks to the forfeit pick it was the 49ers pick which i think was actually the miami dolphins pick it was for yes. bradley chubb basically it was a, a very confusing one but it's now the saints picking at 29 uh they also received a 2024 second round pick and then in return the broncos received sean payton obviously and a future third round pick which to me sounds like next year rather than this year otherwise they would have just said 2023 so one can assume Next year, you're giving us it was your second, we're giving you our third. Yeah, I would assume that's the case there. So, now, last year, when the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson, I said they'd given up far too much to get Russell Wilson. Um, I was unfortunately proved right <laughs> in that. I didn't want to be, but I was. Um, this trade, I think the Broncos really got a steal in this one. Uh, I mean, what's what's your view? What do you think the Saints could have got for Peyton? Or do you think the fact that he wasn't actually coaching the team, this was a fair enough trade? What do you reckon? I think by the end of it, we were more worried that he, he was going to go, looked like in the last couple of weeks, I was going to go back to the booth or, or being an analyst of some sort. And by that point, you know, next year, there would be a year left in his contract. Could the Saints really demand anything, get anything? So it's better to get something rather than nothing um, it does kind of feel like we are being paid a first round draft pick to keep Dennis Allen as our coach as punishment Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd much rather have no first round and Sean Payton but uh, you got to deal with the hand that you dealt M my query for yourself and the Broncos was it certainly doesn't seem like he was the first choice D'Amico Ryans um, they were going to Michigan um, to obviously speak to Jim Harbour uh, Dan Quinn has said he's staying with the Cowboys, which I think is a smart decision for him because if McCarthy goes, Dan Quinn will probably take over. But it's great having Sean Payton. You didn't pay a, a ridiculous amount. If anyone can fix Russell Wilson, Sean Payton can. But it still feels very strange for Payton. Must obviously be aware that he wasn't first choice. And then for the Broncos, they're paying you know, a first round and a second round pick, granted they get a third back, but they're paying that for what, their second, third, maybe even fourth option. It's it's all very odd. See, I'm gonna be honest, I don't buy it. I think that was all just some sort of weird mind games or something that the Broncos are trying to play there. Because I don't think a single person watched the Broncos in twenty twenty two and thought, Do you know what we need? A defensive minded coach. Because the defense was outstanding last year. And and uh, D'Amico Ryan's great 
defensive coordinator. That's not what the Broncos needed. They've got a good defensive coordinator anyway uh, in Ejiro Evero. Um, Hardball? I, I would have liked Hardball. I'll be honest. I would have liked Hardball. But when I think we actually spoke about this, Jake. Um, in fact, I might find the clip from a few weeks ago and uh, insert it here. Obviously, the Broncos are going to be looking for a new head coach in the offseason. Now, people are throwing names about, talking about... I can uh, throw one. Yeah, which one? I can. I, can th- I, I mean, if you could be interested and you want to give us a first-round pick, I can suggest a great offensive guru, <laughs> Sean Payton. Listen, if, if I thought that we could get Sean Payton, I'd give you two first-round picks for it. But we don't have two Deal. first-round picks. We've only got one. <laughs> because we gave all we'll the other for Russell Wilson. <laughs> so Tra- Trade but, someone else away so we can get another one. Yeah, I'm more than happy to do that. Because I, I think with this game, this has made the Broncos um, a much more attractive position. Because the only thing wrong with this Broncos team is the offense. And if anyone can get that offense going, it's Sean Payton in my mind. Uh, I mean, he's, you could argue, he's been the, the best offensive coach for the past 15 years. I mean, you you really would you disagree with that at all? I know you're a Saints fan. You're more familiar with him than than I am. Hey, totally asking the, the wrong guy because uh, I'm very biased. I mean, a, a big knock on Russell Wilson is the height. Um, who did you know Sean Payton have as a quarterback for all those years? Drew Brees. I mean, it couldn't be you know a better situation for Russell Wilson. He's the you know if Greg Olson is the biggest loser from the Tom Brady news, uh, Russell Wilson was the the, the biggest winner from this. Well, hypothetically, because if Sean Payton can't fix him, I think Russell Wilson's career might be done. You know, if he has another bad year, um, we were talking Wilson's contract is kind of set up that in is it two years, you know, the third year in afterwards, most of that money is is guaranteed gone, yeah. and Sean Payton will be sticking around. So Russell Wilson, this would be a big year for him, but it, it can't be much more exciting than at least knowing you've got Sean Payton coming to help you. You spoke about Russell Wilson there. Sean Payton walks into this in a no-lose situation. If he comes in and the Broncos go 4-13, and he'll say, well, they went, you know, 5-12 and last year. This is clearly broken. What do you want me to do here? If they win, he looks like a genius. <laughs> it's like, there you go. And let's not forget what he did with Jameis Winston. I mean, talk about Jameis Winston. He went from a turnover machine to... Going well, fourteen touchdowns, three picks uh, in his game before before he got injured under Sean Payton, and then uh, when Sean Payton's not there, he throws what was it? It was a small sample size, five six games, but he threw what three touchdowns, five picks. I, I, it's a huge difference. I I I like this signing for the Broncos. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I'm really annoyed at Tom Brady for overshadowing it by retiring because that's just. He just has to be in the headlines, doesn't he? Just ridiculous. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to be bringing in Mr. Tim Durbin, the voice of the voiceovers for the WinFL show. Tim, can you hear us? I can hear you loud and clear. What a what a lovely introduction. Not at all, mate. It's true. You do all the voiceovers for us, and we appreciate it. That's true, yeah. 
This is the uh, 50th episode extravaganza, uh, hence why we have Tim in here as well. So, um, Tim, it's been a heck of a year. Now, you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, okay, you had to bring that up, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, (laughs) I'm going to bring that up. Um, So, very quickly, just going to get your uh, view on the points that we were just talking about with Jake there. Tom Brady's retirement and the Sean Payton uh, signing from the Saints to the Broncos. What's your view on that? Uh, Tom Brady, by this at this point, uh, he's he's the greatest quarterback we've seen. He's the he's the well, he's just a winner. He's a natural born winner. And you know, I watched the um the sort of biography uh, thing they had on uh, Netflix about him, and it was absolutely fascinating how nobody wanted him in high school, nobody wanted him in college, nobody wanted him in the pros, and then he goes on and becomes the you know he's just the 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 most the winningest quarterback, and probably and he will be the goat for some time. You know, um, you're hearing a lot of conversation around Patrick Mahomes and being the goat as well. Okay, get get another five Super Bowls on your belt, then you can enter the conversation. You know, um, that five Super Bowl wins, not not just playing them, but actually winning them, uh, and then you can talk about competing with Brady for for being the goat. So him retiring, yeah, it's it's well, it's not even sad to see him go. He he probably should have retired last year, but it's not been a great year for him, and some of his personal struggles came in the season as well, which is probably more than any of us needs to know about him. Uh, but but he is he's a fantastic competitor, fantastic. Um, you know, I think maybe this year some of the shine starts to come off in terms of him being a a real ambassador for the sport, which I think is why it's good. He's retiring. Um, you know, not winning takes to make, tends to make winners cranky. <laughs> and I think we, <laughs> I think we saw that with Tom Brady this year. So I'm, I'm, you know, it's been great to watch him play. It's been amazing. You know, I've, I've hated him uh, like everyone else has for winning so much, but what a competitor, what a winner he is. You know, um, and no one could take that away from him. I don't think. I think uh, Microsoft uh, tablets, Stock just went up through the roof because uh, there's a lot less of them getting broken next year. I think. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, in terms of Sean Payton, I, I wanted him for Dallas. I thought. I thought that you know, I know Dallas's problems won't, really won't be cured until Jerry Jones uh, keels over. Um, and contrary to popular belief, he hasn't actually died yet. Um, but uh, I think Sean Payton is an absolute genius. I think. I think Denver definitely end up with a winning record next year. And if a manager comes in and says, well, oh, well, it's broken. What do you expect me to do? Well, if you're not much of a manager then. If you can't fix things that are broken, what the hell are you doing there? You know, um, that's that's what you're coming to do is to fix the broken things. And I think I think Sean Payton has the, the experience and the temperament to do that. I think he's an absolutely brilliant motivator, brilliant uh, manager, great football mind. I think I think Denver will do well with him. I'd be interested with, with talking to Tim here. I, I've said on this podcast before and, I've spoke to it to people before. I always thought Sean Payton would end up at Dallas. It just the stars seem to be aligned. And then with what's happened with them firing Kellen Moore, who was immediately picked up by the Chargers, who were very grateful for, for Dallas doing that. Yeah. Um I feel like he was the fall guy. You can't fire Dak Prescott. That's right. You didn't you didn't fire the head coach, so someone had to bite the bullet and it was your offensive coordinator. Okay. But yeah. If Sean if Sean Payton was there, uh, I'd be surprised if Jerry Jones didn't at least try giving him a call. Um like I say, I, I think that would have been a match made in heaven as well for for the Cowboys. I think so. But the thing is, Jerry Jones isn't gonna put anybody in place that's gonna disagree with him too much. Um the last guy that disagreed with Jerry Jones was Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> the last <laughs> successful Dallas head coach, you know, and and you know that that disagreeing with Jerry uh, with Jerry Jones the the upside is if you disagree with him, you'll be right most of the time because Jerry Jones is a businessman, not a football. Um, you know the the downside of it is if you do it, he'll fire you. You know, <laughs> so um, he's got, he's got what he wanted. In Mike McCarthy, he has exactly what he wanted, which is a, a guy who will who will flatter to deceive 
and have a winning record probably every year and never win the big game because he's not much of a, he's not actually much of a manager. So, so, so what do you, what do you think of the the letting Kellen Moore go? I mean, did did you put any blame on him for that or? No, no, of course not. I mean, you know, I mean, the, I saw something on Twitter that they talking about. Oh, well, they were they were calling plays every time where the tight end, the wide receiver crossed, and that's why so many got bumped up in the air and intercepted. It's like what a stretch. What what an I watched I watched Dak Prescott throw it directly to the defender time and time and time and time again. And unless the play that Kellen Moore is calling is okay, Dak, this time I want you to throw it to the cornerback. You know, unless that actually <laughs> then you can't blame Kellen Moore. It's just a nonsense. And it's a I'm not I'm not saying Kellen Moore is a fantastic offensive coordinator, but you know, I'm sure I thought he was I thought he was pretty confident. I didn't think he was always imaginative enough. And you and you do wonder about about the playoff games last year and this year, you know, fourth and uh, twenty seven or whatever it was, I don't remember. But he throws a he throws to a guy who gets smashed immediately by the defender who's two yards behind him. You know, it's like for ten yards. It's like, what do you think I was gonna do? It's just, you know, to to increase your completion percentage for the game that you just lost? Who cares? You know? Um so I thought some of the play calling was was a bit sketchy. But I don't know if that came from Kellen Moore, if it was from if it was from Mike McCarthy or, or Dak made the call himself. You know, Kellen Moore is meant to be the play caller, but did it always play out that way? I don't know if it did. You know, I, th- I think Dak's I think Dak's ability to read the defense has gone downhill the last couple of years, um, and no doubt his confidence took took a knock with his injuries as well. But um, you know, that's I don't know. I just think I, I think it's wrong to blame Kellen Moore for it. I think he'll do well in out uh, in California. You know. Um, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't blame him for Dallas losing. Dallas's problems are, are in the head office, not on the field. Yeah, well, as Jake said there, I mean, Kellen Moore had. I, I think he'd barely hung up the phone with Jerry Jones, and the Chargers were phoning him. <laughs> He's like, right, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone lose their job and then immediately get hired that quickly. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that deal was already probably, probably already done on. It was probably already done done everything except on paper. You know, it was it was everything but the crying was finished. You know, it was that. Uh, that's all that left to be done is just to, to sign the paperwork, I think. I think that's been on the works probably for weeks and months. Yes, indeed. So um, it was championship weekend, gentlemen. Um, we had two games. We had the NFC championship with the Eagles and the 49ers. And then we had, of course, the AFC championship with the Chiefs and the Bengals. We're going to start in the NFC first game. Um, Jake, we'll put it to you first. What did you make of this game? What was your main takeaways? My main takeaways was I watched the first half and then I, I gave up. Um, it was a kind of a, a damp squib uh, of a of a first game going into championship weekend. I mean, started off hot. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles in the trenches again, defensively and offensive line just dominant. Hassan Reddick, two more sacks add to his tally. And a nice statement after being snubbed for defensive player of the year. I think he let his actions do most of the talking. I think the real turning point for me was even after the injury that been uh, to Brock Purdy, there's been three straight drives where the Eagles had punted, and then on fourth and one on the Rome thirty-five with six minutes to go in the first half, Nick Sirianni goes for it, leads to the second drive, and then the killer fumble. Turned oh. a seven-seven game with two minutes to go into a twenty-one-seven halftime, and that kind of felt like all she wrote. You know that—that's one of the worst lost fumbles I've ever seen. It reminded me of Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. Very much so. But, I mean, it, it, I, I get why he fumbled it. He took his eye off the ball. You could see it in slow motion. He takes his eye away as the ball's coming to him. But then it, it just looks like he just sort of goes on his knees and, like, you're going. Oh, 
get jump on the ball. What are you doing? Just get on the ball. And I, I don't know what was going on. You're right. It's very reminiscent of Cam Newton. Now, you mentioned Hassan Reddick there. I don't know whose idea it was to attempt to chip him with a running back and a tight end. As you say, arguably defensive player of the year, maybe should have won it. Um, and they weren't blocking him with, you know, I've got no 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 issue with putting a tight end on him, but you need to tackle on him as well. You can't, you can't just use a tight end. He was blowing past them. He looked absolutely unstoppable. Um, Brock Purdy, once he got injured, the... Fortniners' offensive threat was effectively over, despite the fact Christian McCaffrey had that incredible touchdown run. Um, but uh, what do you think going forward for the Eagles? Well, uh, before we do that, Tim, I'll put it to you. 49ers, next year, who's the starting quarterback? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. who, do, who does know at this, at this current juncture? Okay, who would, you, who would you take? You're the general manager. You've got Brock Party in the building. You've got uh, Trey Lance, of course. I mean, Jimmy G's still there. Who do you go with? Do you stick with a hot hand? I think the general consensus is that it's either go going to be Purdy or Lance. But yes, what do you do? do? Do you think Purdy's done enough to make this his? Or do you think the powers that be are thinking Trey Lance was the guy he just got injured? What do you reckon? I think Brock Purdy starts. I think he's done enough, at least in comparison to Trey Lance, to start Jimmy G. I don't think I don't think they want to start building the future on Jimmy G. No, you know I don't. Uh, they, they tried they tried to buy the Super Bowl this year with Christian McCaffrey. They tried to, um, you know, they they thought okay, if we just throw money at it, surely we can win it. We've already got a good team. We'll make a real splash and get Christian McCaffrey, and and then we'll win it. You know, and it didn't work out. You know. Um, uh, who knows if if they challenge that catch, you know maybe maybe it makes a difference. You know if they if they use the challenge to challenge that uh, that that ruled reception, maybe it makes a difference in the game and they end up with a better result. But the 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 fact that they tried to buy the they tried to buy their way into the Super Bowl and it didn't work. Um, you know next year, uh, I think uh, for me, I think Trey Lance. You know it's like if you ask the average person, the, the average non-football fan, who who Trey Lance is, it's not exactly Joe Montana, is it? You know. Um, so I don't think that they want to to start building a, a, the future on on Trey Lance and and between the two of them, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, I think Brock Purdy is you know what have you done for me lately? I think he's the, I think he's the he he came in and filled in and and did nothing wrong you know until he got injured he was fine you know, he was good so I, I go with I go with Brock Purdy next year I think Jake what do you reckon? I think before the injury it would have been a very interesting training camp. I still would have gone with Trey Lance. I still think they, well, I, not me personally, but I think the 49ers would have gone with Trey Lance. I now think they definitely will go with Trey Lance. The same Purdy's out six months. If he needs Tommy John surgery, which is possible, that's a year. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think they tied their, their ship to Trey Lance at the start of this year. I don't think they go back on that as long as he comes back healthy. He's obviously got a head start, if anything, uh, over Purdy now. For Purdy, my biggest concern, obviously Josh Johnson comes in, you're not expecting him to, to pick up trees and, and, and no. do amazing, but he comes in, goes out with a concussion, and then you put Brock Purdy back in. I mean, I don't agree with that. And especially when your dad is Mike Shanahan, who had the RG3 instant and put him back in, why, why would you put a quarterback in that can't throw? And I, if you find, you know, if if you find out he's hurt himself more because you've put him back in and asking him to throw a ball, he even said 
if I, if you need me to throw the ball, I can't throw it deep, so it's going to have to be something short. What? At that point, the game was done in my eyes. I mean, I know you can't do that as a coach and as a team. You, and as, you know, to the NFC Championship, you've got to go till the final whistle. But look what the position you've put yourself in. Now you've gone from uh, an off season where you've still got Brock, Pur- you know, a healthy Brock Purdy, or maybe not as injured Brock Purdy, and then Trey Lance coming back to who knows when Trey Lance is coming back. And now Brock Purdy, it says six months. Is it six months? Because it could be an awful lot longer. Yeah, just last week we said the 49ers were in an incredible position going into next year regardless of what happens in this game because, you know, it's a great problem to have is, oh, which of these two guys do you pick? And now um, they might not have either of them for week one. It's just, you think that's, it's over now. You you mentioned concussion there. Um, Breaking news, Tua Tungavailoa has passed the NFL's concussion protocol today. So there you go. He so the Dolphins would have needed to get to the Super Bowl. To, they they would have play. done, but he's he's cleared the protocol now. So uh, I don't know why this was <laughs> brought up. I was thinking, well, surely no one's expecting him to play anytime soon. He's um, he all of a sudden going to get a Pro Bowl call up. I mean, I've seen some of the starting quarterback. Well, some of the quarterbacks at the Pro Bowl. You know, Tyler Huntley. <laughs> hell, I might be getting a game. Tyler Huntley <laughs> made the Pro Bowl. That's yeah. Right. That, um, what? No wonder Josh Allen said, you know what, I'm off to play golf. Yeah, don't blame him <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, right, but, you know, we do need to talk about the fact that uh, the the Eagles won the game and uh, the Eagles are the NFC's representatives for the Super Bowl. Um, our counterparts over uh, in the AFC will be the Kansas City Chiefs after dispatching the Cincinnati Bengals. And there was a few talking points from both games. Um, obviously, the main talking point is some of the refereeing decisions that were made. Now, I don't think the referees sort of gave the outcome of these games. Um, there were some very strange calls in the NFC Championship game. First of all, I'm with you why they didn't throw the challenge flag on that catch. Uh, because as soon as... Uh, was it Devontae Smith who made the catch? Yeah. yeah. As soon yeah. as he came down, Soon as he landed, he jumped up and he's screaming at everyone to run and run a play. That's right. So yeah. that, that immediately tells you he doesn't think he caught that. So they, they should have right. thrown the, the, the challenge flag. Anyway, they didn't. Yeah, if, if you're his reaction, if you're pardon the expression, his reaction was a red flag. Oh, wow. That was actually impressive. I like that. Uh, yeah. So, um, but there was a couple of drives, a couple of Eagles drives. Um, where it seemed like there was a flag on every other play, and there definitely seemed to be a couple of phantom calls on the 49ers' defense there. Um, but over in the AFC, the big talking point is, of course, the 15-yard penalty at the end of the game, um, where o- Osai pushes Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a penalty. Wh- whether you like it or whether you don't like it, it's a penalty. Yeah, he didn't, you know, try to decapitate him. Uh, He didn't horse collar him. He didn't face mask him. He hit him out of bounds. That's a penalty, and it's 15 yards. It is a penalty. Um, Chiefs go on to win, uh, but the Bengals had multiple chances to win this game. Multiple chances. I actually thought this game was over uh, in the first half. I thought, wow, Chiefs are absolutely going to steamroll them here. But just like last year, Bengals came back. So, Jake, I'll put it to you first. 
what did you make of this one? This was uh, it was a good game to watch. Actually, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, a much better game. Like I say, Echo. In terms of the officials, whether they were great, whether they were not, it didn't affect the game. Like I say, that final penalty was a, a sure penalty. Uh, the interesting thing was the the Borough Headfield and just the the confidence that the Bengals had and the Cincinnati Mayor had, and then just. Did everyone forget that they were playing Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I it seemed very odd to me going into the game that everyone, oh, they won the last three, they won the AFC Championship last game you know, in overtime. It's not like they were dismantling the, the Chiefs, and it is the Chiefs. I mean, they lost Juju on point, Tony, Hardman. It doesn't matter. You've got Travis Kelsey. You even had uh, Valder Scantlin stepping up. I mean, Mahomes, 29 of 43, 326 yards, two touchdowns. And that's four out of the last, oh no, three out of the last four AFC titles have gone to the Chiefs. I mean, it's so close yeah. to a, a current dynasty as we have in terms of they're just always in that game. And they, you know, 75% of the time are, are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he did it on a bum ankle. And it's ankle watch for the next week, <laughs> next 10 days, seeing what happens with Mahomes. Uh, Tim, we'll put it to you. What did you think of the AFC Championship game? Uh, let's see, a better game. Um, uh, I thought that there was, you know, it's, it's funny how a, a game like that, you look at a game where the Eagles win it sort of quite handily and you think, oh, it must have been a great game for Eagles fans to watch. But to be honest, it probably wouldn't, it probably wouldn't have been because the Eagles were, were fairly pedestrian for a large part of that game. Um, and they got lucky with the catch and they got lucky with the, with the fumble before halftime. And so it made it look like a different game than it actually was. Probably the opposite could be said about the other game. And, and it's like I said, did they forget they're playing Patrick Mahomes? I, I don't know. Um, and the penalty at the end, you know, that's just, I watched I watched Randy Gregory single-handedly sabotage Dallas's chances last year in the playoffs. So um, do I have any sympathy for a, a defensive player that makes a stupid play? Not really, no. <laughs> you, know, like he's the, you, you know, you know the guy's out. You know he's out of bounds. He's a quarterback. He's not going to try and spin and go past, is he, you know, on, on a bad ankle. It's like you just don't do it. You just don't just don't tackle out of bounds, you know. So um, so he made a silly move and, and wasn't paying attention. You know, no positional awareness in terms of where he was in the field. Um, so it's just, it's that kind of silliness that, and much like the fumble in the other game that you don't see winning teams making as often, you see winning teams make those mistakes less often, you know, and that's, and that's what it comes down to. And that's when, that's where coaching comes into as well, because a well-drilled team will have better discipline. They won't, they won't, you know, tackle somebody out of bounds and cost themselves 15 yards, you know? Um, so I, I thought, I thought the Chiefs deserved to win. And I've not, from the games I've seen this year, Patrick Mahomes, he hasn't had to be quite as Patrick Mahomes like as he maybe has in previous years. That, that that's just that's just my impression. So maybe people aren't as afraid of him as they used to be. You know, maybe they did get a bit um, a bit uh, sort of a bit too relaxed. You know, because he hadn't been sort of I don't know if uh, maybe they did forget who they were playing. But he's he has every opportunity to become uh, that same type of winner that Tom Brady has always been. But um, at any rate, he's a fantastic quarterback, and and Kansas City gets the win and is back in the Super Bowl again. And you know, like you say, they just seem to find their way there. They just seem to, and that's what winning teams do. They just find a way. So we're going to welcome into the show. We're going to bring on Dave Somerville. How's it going, Dave? I'm glad to be here. It's been a bit of an eventful weekend we've had, and the NFL doesn't stop getting eventful, as we know, uh, you know, since we've been doing this for nearly a year now. I know. It's good to have you on episode 50, the, the big mm. extravaganza of episode 50 that we've got going on now couple of things we need to get your opinion on first of all the championship games okay mm -hmm. so the nfc championship game 49ers 
Eagles with I mean in the 49ers with all their injuries and flags in that game I, I know you being a Rams fan are clearly not a fan of the 49ers and you like to wind up the fans uh, particularly those who are friends of ours I don't know why you feel the need to wind them up in particular <laughs> but you do so um but let's get your thoughts on the NFC championship game first take it away Dave I mean I don't know where to start it it was it <sighs> Without as soon as Brock Purdy got injured, I, I straight away I thought this is game over. It's not. It's going to go one way, and that's it. The Eagles are going to score twenty odd points, if not more, and Forty Nine ers going to struggle, and that's the way it kind of went in the end. Um, but you know what? Kudos to Brock Purdy because he played through with a, a, a torn ligament in his elbow, and yet he still tried to play through it, and he, he threw once or twice or as well. Uh, I, th- I think it was one that he threw uh, on one play, and it was completed. So that that's you know it's straight away that's massive respect there. Um, I think they only tried one play with McCaffrey, but then just you know uh, Johnson going down as well. He was he was knocked out uh, as far as I can see. He he kind of sprung back up um, after five six seconds, but uh, New York kind of spotted it that he was probably unconscious for a split second after his head bounced off the ground about yeah. two-esque in- injury there was you know very unlucky for him uh mr played for every team and their grand kind of thing <laughs> um, <laughs> indeed. I, I mean at one point they had christian mccaffrey taking the snaps of the shotguns as we've already said then it was just yeah. crazy so when when i saw party coming back and i couldn't believe it i was thinking oh yeah what but he finished with a you know 100 percent completion percentage mm-hmm. so but it was only i think it was was it only maybe his third throw it was uh, three or, or three six, or four. second or third or four. yeah that's, yeah, that's all like that. in the whole game because uh, on the on the depth chart they had mccaffrey and cal Juszczyk as the three and four um so they were going to start running or they did start running kind of wild wildcats uh, formations where mccaffrey was just going to take off i think he only threw tried to throw once and missed so, and when I say missed, I think he threw it so far away from anyone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, uh, I, I was kind of ducking in case it hit me in the house. So I, that, I, that, I, that, That's a prime throwaway. If no one's there, I, throw it away. Yes, but he was also in the pocket, was he not? I think, I he, think was. he was. That's not the point, he, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, they, the Eagles just did what they did. They were quite consistent. Jalen Hurts... He, he didn't throw much. Uh, he didn't run much. He didn't need to do much. But that Eagles defense was incredible. They, the the Fort Niners could do nothing. I mean, in the regular season, I think the Eagles defense racked up seventy sacks, which is that's just, right. Just that's uh, huge. Two, two, three short of the all time record. I think, I think record mm-hmm. seventy two by the yeah. eighty five Bears, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. I, yeah, I don't that, that, think I, I don't think San Francisco much of a chance though, to do anything against that defense. It was absolutely just. I mean, once Party went down, as you say, game over. Yeah, and I think the the other thing as well with the Eagles' offense, the the big plays when they really needed, uh, when, when you know, when, if you're talking like third down, uh, kind of plays, um, and they they were coming up trumps on these ones, whereas the 49ers were, uh, they, when they were reaching third down, they were usually a good a good bit back quite often in their own half, whereas the Eagles were getting to third down when they're in the 49ers half. So if they weren't getting to, um, you know, they were taking chances, and if they weren't going to get these, they had uh, kind of um, their, their their kicker. I can't remember. What's, his name? What's the Eagles kicker name? Uh, Jake Elliott, that's the one. Yeah. 
Uh, they had Jake Elliott to fall back on. So they were going for it and they were doing it with confidence. And that's what was getting the first, the next first down. And yeah, it was pretty immense. So, and Hassan Reddick, my player of the game, uh, he's, he's just, he's fantastic. And he's had a fantastic season. Um, Eagles were just pretty standard and they didn't need to be anything special. 49ers were kind of, you know, their uh, offensive line were getting manhandled. Uh, the quarterback went down. Then their second quarterback went down. The first quarterback tried to come in, but he he only had one one arm working. So it, it's a recipe for disaster. The, I I I don't think the 49ers can be blamed for not put not you know getting to the Super Bowl. But I mean, Rams Twitter was fun, particularly <laughs> straight after the game. It was extremely fun. I'm I'm um, sure it was. And, oh, it was. Yeah. No. So obviously the Eagles are going in. Uh, to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. then meeting the Chiefs mm-hmm. after defeating the Bengals there. So, uh, what did you, what was your take on that game, the AFC Championship game? That was one of the best championship games I've ever seen. That it, it was it was back and forth. You you had Mahomes who was you know slightly struggling with his ankle, but he was some of the plays. How the man is a once in a lifetime quarterback, a once in a lifetime player that we are going to see in this league, and. I, the, you we've we've already said it before. We run out of things to describe him, or, yeah. or what to, what to say about him. Because if he, he he doesn't have the same weapons as he's had in previous years, he do, doesn't have Tyreek, who was just an immense weapon that would light lights up any offense. He's got his two main uh, receivers are Juju and uh, Valdez Gantling, who who did have a fantastic game. Uh, as well, and he he had McCole Hardman back, but I think he went down injured. Uh, if I remember yeah, right, they, yeah, they were down three, four skill players. I mean, when neither neither of the run games were working for either team. Look at Mick, Mixon. What Mixon was able to do the previous week was run it, and he was gaining eight, nine, ten yards every single time he ran the ball. That was amazing. In this game. For the Chiefs, Pacheco was only able to get 26 yards yeah. from uh, 10 carries, and Mixon got 19 yards from 8 carries. So they were trying to get... Is it, uh, I, now, the commentator says his name different from how I would say it. So I would say Perrine. But if, if, is it Perrine? Perrine? I, I thought it was Perrine. Perrine. Yes, the commentator was <laughs> saying that. So I'm get, I've been getting it wrong for a while now. Oh, but maybe they, you haven't. You might be right. Maybe. I, let's I mean, let's not forget. Let's not forget that it was. I think it was the beginning of this year, or the end of last year, where uh, Jason Kelsey said his second name's pronounced Kels. 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 Travis oh. and Travis and Jason. It's pronounced Kels, but they've been called Kelsey's like since they went into college. Mm-hmm. People so are just, just seeing, looking it. at it and seeing Kelsey's, but so they've just mm. gone with it. Um, wow. But apparently, it's, so it it might be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, people say, "Oh, you, yeah, your name's Dave," whereas you know, sometimes I'll be known as Simon or uh, you know, uh, you Jared. <laughs> I don't know that. I, that I mean, you know, just sometimes sometimes people make mistakes, like Kels, Kelsey, Dave, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan. To Jordan. Yeah. Okay, I've had enough. Uh, anyway, <laughs> right, carry on. So yeah, the, the mean, Chiefs, Chiefs advance. Chiefs, the Chiefs do advance, but. We've still got to see if Mahomes is going to be, uh, you know, completely fit. He's definitely not going to be completely fit because I think he's going to need a couple months to be at you know, anywhere close to 100%. Uh, 
Um, so it's good that the offseason is coming up. The bad part is he's still got a Super Bowl to play. So how many people can go into an American football game and still manage to rack up 326 yards yeah. through the air yeah. and... The, like some of the plays that he did on on his feet as well, he, officially it was three carries for eight yards, but you know you're really talking about two carries for about two or three yards when he did try to take off, and then that final one at the end of the game, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. But also for the Chiefs as well, you know we were uh, I said about uh, Pacheco, he was only able to get 26 yards from 10 carries, so they were putting the ball in Mahomes's hands, kind of four out of five uh, every play, yeah. and. I mean, they, there's they, there's relying on your quarterback, but when you've got Patrick Mahomes, it's a lot easier to do. And and you know he was he was uh, six receptions by Valdez Scantling for mm-hmm. 116 yards. Kelsey seven receptions for 78 yards. Pacheco when the, with the checkdowns five receptions for 59 yards. Um, Juju only got one, which I, I was a bit disappointed to see. Uh, they kept they did kept uh, keep targeting Sky Moore quite a lot. He's he pulled off one really good play, quite vital play at some point. Um, I think it was actually uh, one of his returns, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because they changed from Tony, from Kadiris Tony as the returner. Um, and they went back to Sky Moore, and I think he got a couple big returns. I think one was brought back for uh, holding uh, as well. But, you know, Sky, Sky Moore had played his part majorly. But, um, yeah, I, I think the the... I know Mahomes, uh, well, Mahomes will be the offensive star of the game, mm-hmm. but defensively, Chris Jones, yeah. oh my word, he was, uh, he, he looked Aaron, Aaron Donald-esque. He, he was just that good. They're, 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 very, they're different players, but uh, Jones was just overpowering these poor offensive linemen of the Bengals. Um, and the other thing as well that I did take from the game is that Joe Burrows made a couple of questionable decisions, mm-hmm. uh, which also led to two interceptions. I think one was kind of uh, tipped or uh, touched. Uh, wasn't his fault, but um, yeah, 26 of 41, 270 yards, one touchdown, two picks. So, And I mean, if you look at the impact that Mahomes had on the entire game, I think that's why people say that the quarterback is the most important position in the game because he was able to do miracles on that in that game and you know it set up a fantastic super bowl with what we can both probably agree on was the two best teams all year uh, from the NFC and the AFC because the Eagles kind of marched the NFC uh, and you know they were unbeaten for so long uh, it took a while for them to get beat, and the Chiefs just went on that huge run, um, and they pulled off these very close victories, like the way champions do. So uh, it, it was a great game. Bengals, they'll feel a bit aggrieved with what happened, um, but it, it was a penalty. Yeah, let's, let, yeah. yeah. so yeah, we, you recap, yeah, we, we, yeah, we've spoken about this already. It, it I mean, it clearly was. But I, let, like, let's have your take on because I know that you'd spoken about some of the officiating in both games. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were messaging me uh, watching the, 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 the first one, the Eagles game there. Yeah. And then, you know, later on, me- messaging me later on about the AFC Championship game there. Just just quickly, before we go on to the, the actual prediction for the Super Bowl, give us your take on the officiating. I know a lot of people seem aggrieved, it, but we all know it, it's a penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, feel, I feel for the guy. You know, he's, he's, he's a young man in the biggest game of his life. He made a mistake. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's saying that. But it's a penalty. It's a 15-yard penalty. If he if they hadn't thrown the flag on that one, 
that would have been a lot worse. That that would have been kind of Ram Saints esque from twenty eighteen. Very know, much so the, because it yeah. it is whether or not it's um it's a violent hit, whether or not it's an egregious hit, whatever he he hit him out of bounds. You can't do that. Fifteen yeah. pounds. So, but give me your uh, give me your viewpoint on both games. The officiating in particular in both games inconsistent uh, is the exact word to describe the whole thing. Uh, I mean, there was numerous kind of no calls. There was numerous kind of harsh calls in both games. Um, there was one point in the in the Bengals Chiefs game earlier on where there was a hit out of bounds that the Bengals sideline was going crazy, just shouting and screaming for the flag, um, which was, looking at replays, was similar, but obviously not such a key situation. So that was a no call. And then for that call to be, you know, for, for it to be called uh, at the very end of the game, you can see why some Bengals fans will feel really aggrieved by it. But like you said, the the rules are the rules. You cannot do that. He had two feet out of bounds. He was on the white paint on the side. He wasn't in the field of play. He was pushed out of bounds. I th- I get the feeling. I, I, I've looked back a couple of times. I do get the feeling that he uh, Osai was going for Mahomes and he was going to push him down or push him out of bounds um, regardless. And I think he almost tried to back off just a little bit, but... He he had committed to it. He was already past the point, and he had no. He had, he was going to collide with him regardless. So because of his decision making, that he was already going for it, he was going to concede that penalty with Mahomes already going out of bounds. So you know, it, it's it's one of those yeah. things that the mistake wasn't him pushing him out of bounds. It was before that that he had probably chosen already that he was going to push Mahomes as hard as he could. So that 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 one was bad. There was a few uh, holding calls. Uh, that were either missed or there was a really harsh uh, pass interference, uh, a couple actually, um, in the 49ers-Eagles um, game as well that I thought either were no calls or were just blatant calls. There's no consistency. But what I have an issue with is that uh, you get challenges for um, everything except penalties. You, you cannot challenge a penalty call. Apart so, from pass interference? I'm not even sure you can do for that. I, I thought you I could. Think... I thought you were allowed to challenge pass interference. I've never seen it. I can't remember a time when I've seen it. I think um, it was. I think it was after the Ram Saints game. Yeah, but um, I think there's there's certain stipulations around it as well. Whereas you couldn't just openly throw a flag and say I don't agree with that call. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think there needs to be some sort of change again and. It's this isn't just based on the last two games, the two championship games. This is based on the whole season. We've spoken about it far more than we should have done. Oh, absolutely. Uh, far, and but I mean, how many times have we said it's the same with the rough and the passer? This well, needs yeah. to be. They, they need, there needs to be some serious changes in the off season going forward uh, for the officiating. Something they need needs to be specific. To be done. Yeah, yeah, they need to be specific with what what constitutes a roughing the passer or what constitutes a penalty, what constitutes a holding penalty. Because if you you know, if if you go, if if you're on off line, offensive line, defensive line, and you grab someone, but you're not, you're you know, still you're not pulling them, or you, you know, or making it obvious that it's a holding call. You've got to say what kind of extent it would be mm-hmm. for it to be a holding call. That that you know that that's just one example. But there's no specifics. There's too many gray areas. So what uh, needs to be done is just 
Be more specific. Be be more particular about what is and what isn't. Know where the line is. Whereas, I, half the time I don't know where the line is. Yeah, you know, and uh, there there is quite clear. I mean, we've seen it with uh, Sauce Gardner in particular this year. How many times should that man have been called for for a pass interference? So many times. I've yeah, lost count. Umpteen so, times. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And you know, you've got other players as well. I'm, I'm not going to go through them, but it, it, it would just be example after example after example of what should have been called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they need to look at it. It's, I mean, is, is it really, if we have a decent Super Bowl, I don't see it getting uh, yeah, yeah, any changes happening in the off season, which will be really disappointing just because one game will dictate the whole season. Well, hopefully they'll get it all sorted out for the Super Bowl, and that's a nice segue, Dave. That's a very yeah. nice segue. Now, what we're going to ask you, because um, if anyone's been following Twitter, um, they'll notice that Dave actually had the best predictions. You had the best predictions all season, didn't you? Uh, yes. Uh, you went 149 uh, and 109, which is at 0.578 or 57.8%. As we say, but in the states they always do it as point something yeah. of of Just one. Yeah, I don't know why. Yes. Um, I had a point five four six. Jake was point four six three. Uh, Tim was point five one seven. He was pulling that. But you had the best percentage of picking winners all year. So Dave, putting it on your shoulders, who is going to win? the Super Bowl, and give me a score, and pick me an MVP. Oh. Um, On the spot. I'm go- Do you know what? I'm going to say the score is going to be 34 points to 31. Nice. And Mahomes is going to do it. Mahomes is going to be MVP. Mahomes is going to lead the Chiefs to a Super Bowl on, a, on an ankle on strings, and he's going to do it epically. Because... I think where the Chiefs are weakest uh, on defense is through the air. I think they did a really good job with Joe Burrow, but he was obviously mm-hmm. able to get many completions. But Jalen Hurts is only weak, I, I, you know, arguably is weak, the weakest side of his game, is that he doesn't throw that much and he relies a lot on his movement. So I, I genuinely think that they will get uh, probably four touchdowns, They'll probably get two or three rushing touchdowns, the Eagles will. But I think they'll just fall short. I think it'll be so close, but I think they will just fall short. If if it, if the, the score could be equally the other way, it's going to be that tight. I think it, there's no there's going to be no blowout whatsoever. Uh, but I don't think the Eagles have really been as tested as they should have been for the entirety of the season. I think the Chiefs are the perfect challengers for that. And I, 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 make, I make the Chiefs marginal favourites. You, you could flip a coin, it's going to go either way. I'm going to pick the Chiefs, I'm going to say Mahomes is going to be MVP and it's going to be 34-31 with late drama. I think there's going to be late penalty drama and the Chiefs are going to go down on the final final drive, winning field goal, 34-31. Fantastic. Fantastic, I love it Dave. Wonderful. Yeah. So, there you go, that's Dave's prediction for the Super Bowl and uh, Patrick Mahomes as MVP, Chiefs 34 yeah. Eagles 31. Let's see what's going to happen in that one. It should be good fun. Now, um, this is, as we've already said, Dave, this is uh, episode 50 extravaganza. Mm. Um, it's uh, probably the longest show we've ever done or whatever going to do. 
Maybe when Pray we get to episode a hundred, you know, yep. maybe we'll we'll make it even longer then. Um, but our very first show, as we've said numerous times, was the week before the Super Bowl last year. Mm. Now that'll be episode fifty-one for us this year, and then our fifty-second episode will be uh, the week after the Super Bowl, and we'll see what happens with that. So, but before we go, Dave, couple of things. Of course, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to get a random stat from you, but I want to hear your reaction. To the news that Mr. Tom Brady has re-retired on Twitter. So, first of all, are you surprised that Tom Brady has announced his retirement? And do you think he'll stay retired this time? I think he will stay retired this time. I I, I genuinely do. I wasn't that surprised because he's had, on the field, he's had a lot of frustration and I think it's starting to catch up with him as well. You know, he's just thinking, I've got a good life. He's got hundreds of millions in the bank. He doesn't need to do this anymore. He he should be enjoying life, which I think he will be able to do now. He's obviously on his personal life off the field. I think he's had some, you know, he's, he's gone through a lot of changes and a lot of um, sort of negative things have happened in his life. But yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised. He's not coming back. I, I, I just, I don't see it um, because last time we were kind of think, you know, there was a lot of hesitation. This time there's a lot more, uh, I, I'd say there's more certainty than last time because there was a lot of, you know, we, he gave a couple of interviews where he was saying to some people when they asked, oh, so that's you done now? And he would go, hmm, but now there's been a lot more kind of, yeah, 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 I'm done now. Because I think, like he said, there's so many uh, names, that people to thank and, <laughs> fans and his family and all that as well so well well, well the, the patriots i think maybe there's there was some some things that maybe were said at the end that might have prevented you know personal thanks to uh robert Kraft and to the big bb uh, as i've been calling him a couple times uh, recently to people um <laughs> is that a reason just, you've been calling him that recently or just uh because i, I think i won't i forgot his name <laughs> so i just went <laughs> referred to him as a bb um okay he's, he's, i mean he's a bb gun because uh, he's always got his, he's always got his ring fingers out so he's a bb gun with his ring oh, fingers Lord, uh, and so uh okay yeah, so uh I, that yeah. moving swiftly on from no, that oh, so where yeah, do you yeah, where but, do you see this leaving uh teams who may have been interested in mm-hmm. i think or, or do you but, think do you think it doesn't affect them Oh, it definitely affects them. I, I think the, the one, or, one or two of the teams that will affect most will be the Raiders because I think they are looking for an experienced quarterback, but one that's proven. So it, I t- Tom Brady kind of moves into that category straight away, but also the likes of uh, our Rodgers does as well. Um, I, I, I think it affects the Raiders the most because I, th- I think they, they might be low on draft picks this year. But I think it affects the draft the most rather than individual teams because we've we've seen... Obviously, the Bears have the first pick in the draft this year. Mm-hmm. Now, what the rumours are is that they are going to be uh, trying to get pieces around Justin Fields to give him the best chance for the next year or two to really push on progress and improve the team because we saw moments uh, in, in the season where Justin Fields, he, he looked better than Lamar at times. Uh, not not through the air, but on his feet. It was, you know, Lamar jukes and uh, jinks and dances his way around defenders, whereas Justin Fields just powers and is quicker than so many defensive backs. So I think he is definitely 
their future quarterback. So there's rumours that they are going to be trading back or they're willing to listen to offers to trade back. Because I, I think they've got so many needs, but not one glaring need, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to affect the draft the most. You, you, you were talking about the New York teams. I... I, I see them uh, making moves. Uh, well, I see the Jets definitely moving for Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, there's, the rumors are all about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen with Jordan Love, though. Uh, Jordan Love, I, from what we've seen, he's a pretty competent quarterback. He's he's done pretty well. He hasn't done anything wrong. It's just the fact that he's got Aaron Rodgers ahead of him, and you know he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, without you know, it, I don't think there's much hesitation over that of what Aaron Rodgers has done over his I career. I thought you were talking about Jordan Love for a second. I was like, oh, <laughs> if not another one, <laughs> no, no, as soon no. As soon as I get three not, in a row, I'll be raging. No, oh, <laughs> just no, absolutely. I couldn't not. handle that. Um, no, but, okay, so we're going to bring in uh, Mr. Callum Blaine, our man in the field for much of the season in Las Vegas. Then, uh, Callum, welcome along to the fiftieth episode extravaganza. How are you doing? I'm very good, very good. Thank you for having me. Well Excellent. done in uh, completing 50 episodes. Um, it's no small feat, so I'm, I'm sure everyone's very, uh, very proud. They're either, they're either proud or they've fallen asleep. It's one of the two. Yeah. It's, it's one of the two. Uh, but yes, <laughs> yes. So, Callum, what we're going to do is, uh, of course, we're going to get you to give us a random stat. But before we do that, we're going to get you to give us your prediction for the Super Bowl. Are you taking... The Chiefs, are you taking the Eagles? We also want you to give us a score and your prediction for MVP of the game. What are you going Ooh. with? Okie dokie. So, I was thinking about this earlier today because yes. I thought this might be a, a prominent question. Um, so, uh, what I think, <clears throat> I think it's going to be very close. Both teams are going to be a wee bit nervous. First half of the game is going to be a bit back and forth mm-hmm. so, but I think overall the Eagles are going to win you're taking the Eagles I'm taking the Eagles was this Elvis who told you this Elvis Elvis um, well, I lost track of Elvis for quite a while you but certainly did, I don't know. I did. <laughs> you left, left him out in the desert don't know where uh, he's gone I think yeah. he left me out in the desert actually um, so. but yeah um, I came across what I think was Elvis uh, and he told me that the, the Eagles are going to win and it's going to go into overtime, and they're going to score on a safety. A safety in overtime? A safety in overtime. Okay. That's and uh, So, do you have uh, an actual score? Did he, did he give score, you a score? Uh, he didn't give me a score, but I might... I mean, we know it's by two on, points if they win on a safety, so <laughs> whatever it is. Um, so, I think, I think it's going to go 14... 18. That's four points. What <laughs> <laughs> 14 16 is what I meant to 16, say. 16 14 to the Eagles. 16 14 to the Eagles. In a safety yes. in overtime. In a safety in overtime. Yeah, you really didn't research this one at all, did you? <laughs> it's like, oh, to be fair, I, I, spru- I sprung 16. the score on you. I sprung the score on you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so 16 they- 14. Oh 16, no! Was 14. 16, 14. 16, 14 to the Eagles. Uh, so who'll be the MVP? Are you taking Jalen Hurts for that as well? You're taking Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think I, people are pretty much going with the quarterbacks. So yeah, understandably um, so. So there you go. Thank you very much for your time, Callum. I do appreciate that, and thanks for all your uh, hard work 
over the past thank you year, once again. past 50 episodes helping out That's crazy. um it's been it, it has it has been crazy um so we really appreciate you stopping by thank you very much it is the super bowl eagles chiefs tim i'm going to put it over to you first i want you to tell me who's going to win i want you to give me a score and i want you to tell me who you think the mvp will be oh, okay i think kansas city wins it um and I think the score will be uh, 30.4 to 16.4. <laughs> <laughs> really? Just over? Just over? <laughs> um, uh, the, the reason I say that is because that is the average scores for winning and losing teams in the Super Bowl. Um, 30.4 so to 16.4, is it? It's a 14-point margin, yeah, average. Um, That's because of the Broncos in the 80s. That's what that was. <laughs> Bumped that right up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Not, not this season they didn't, no, but maybe in the 80s, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think the Chiefs win. I think Mahomes is, is probably the MVP. The only, I, I'm sure you'll both agree, is the only other really option on the Kansas City side must be Travis Kelsey. Somebody has to do something about this guy. Somebody somebody has to stop this guy catching everything. Um, I don't know, maybe his, maybe his brother uh, sort of, you know, tackles him funny and the guy breaks his leg and it's a huge story for the Super Bowl. Who knows? Um, but I think the Chiefs win it. I think it's thirty to sixteen, um, and I think uh, I think that Mahomes is is the MVP. With, you know, I, I know it's you know I know it's very sort of boilerplate. It's very predictable. But this is the number one seed versus the number one seed. So it's not it's not the Super Bowl that any of us wanted. But it is what it is. Yeah. I suppose you're right enough with that one, uh, Jake. Can you give me a winner, a score, and an MVP? Um, start with the MVP. It's Donna Kelsey. She's the real winner of the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> with her two sons playing, she can't lose. Uh, I have been high on the Eagles all year. Ever yes. since this podcast has gone, I'm not going to change now. I will go Eagles 27, Chiefs 24. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm going for a high score. I'm going for uh, 40 to 20 to the Chiefs Ooh. and I've got Mahomes winning MVP. Uh I just want I want a high scoring Super Bowl. That's what I want. I want lots of points. Yeah, it's we gonna, all do. yeah it's 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 gonna be good. These these are two very, very good offenses. Um and you mentioned Travis Kelsey there. I, I have no idea why teams so he just do you think they're just not covering him? I mean, there was a couple of catches he caught in the Cincinnati game. Well, there was no one within three or four yards. What? Yeah, yeah. It's Travis Kelsey. What are you he's doing? He's not even small. He's, he's hard to overlook. He's not a small guy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if Jake. it was me out there, you'd think, oh, they can't see him. He's too small. But he's yeah. huge. <laughs> Jake, Jake if, if you're, if you're the, the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, what are you telling them prior to this game? If I, don't, let, don't, don't let Juju Smith be us because we'll end up on a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fair comment <laughs> I suppose it is yes but I mean surely every team that faces the Kansas City Chiefs is saying cover Kelsey because that's absolutely. who Mahomes is going to go to because yep. you, you know that you know as long as you've got decent cornerbacks which the Eagles do they've got a good secondary then you can cover most receivers in the league one-to-one -one. But see, when they start playing soft zones, Kelsey always seems wide open. Yeah, and I know right. a lot of that's Mahomes, you know, extending plays. But if you see Mahomes running around, I'm looking for Kelsey. I'm like, where is he? Cover this <laughs> guy. 
<laughs> it's just it's just crazy how effective he's been. Just ridiculous. I miss um, those days when head coaches would take him in the locker room and say, "Right, if that guy gets one more yard, I'm going to rip your arms off and beat you to death with him." Now I miss those days when when players got really actual stern threats from from managers. If that guy scores, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so I think that may be what's required to stop Kelsey scoring. What the hell's going on out here? Yeah, bring back uh, Mike Didka and Buddy Ryan. See that? That's your IQ, buddy. Zero. Just uh, grabbing, <laughs> grabbing players by their face masks on the sideline and threatening them. <laughs> like, yeah, let's have a bit more of that. I think we need some of that. The man's um, game. Yeah, definitely. So, um, now, in other news, uh, unfortunate news, uh, but we do have to do this as it's breaking. Um, Eagles rookie... Lineman Josh Sills, offensive lineman, has been indicted on rape and kidnapping felony um, in Ohio. That's now, I, I don't think he actually played this season, looking at what I can see here, but that's a distraction the Eagles don't need. I think we can all agree on that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Josh, he didn't actually play this year. He's a rookie. Oh, sorry, he played one game. I didn't start it, um, but that's that's just a distraction. They do not need. How how often do we see this in in the weeks leading up to Super Bowl, where a team something happens and it's just a distraction. It it happens so often, and um, I don't think we need to go into this. But uh, obviously, we're just we're just covering the news as it as it appears. Um, now, one thing I did actually want to to ask both of you guys. There was talk about now. You, you'd already mentioned the possibility of Sean Payton going to Dallas because there'd been lots of talk about that. Um, so I'll get you both your opinion. Tim, obviously, you're invested in this. Do you think McCarthy is back next year, or do you think they're going to look for somebody else to replace him? Uh, he's back next year, hundred percent. You think so? Yeah. No question. About it. No question about it. No question about it. Jerry Jones believes in him enough. You know he's. And, and just you know, it's a funny thing to be a Dallas fan and and to be to be wishing for disaster because you can already see that the team's going to fall apart at some point. And we're not going to win the Super Bowl, so it's like, well, I wish we would just fall apart in game one and they and then stay falling apart, just so we can prove how bad McCarthy is, you know, um, because he's he's got he had a he had an awful lot more talent on the team um, than he made use of, um, so I think he lacks. Uh, I think he lacks time management skills, to say the least. I think he lacks any any discernible motivational skills. Whenever the Dallas whenever Dallas game is going badly, uh, you can see him. He crosses his arms and he stares at the jumbotron for minutes on end. You know that's that's his that's his that's his uh, his stock position for okay things aren't going my team's way. What what can I do to re- resolve the situation? I know I'll stare at the scoreboard endlessly. It's like that that doesn't change anything, Mike. You need to you need to actually act like a coach and take action. So. In spite of all those things, yes, great news. He's back next year. We're delighted. And Jake, uh, you're, you're New Orleans Saints. Uh, do you think they're stick my head coach? Do you think they look to make a change? Uh, I, 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 you know that I don't like coaches getting fired after one season, with the exception of Nathaniel Hackett. Um, <laughs> mid-season. Should have been gone after week one. But um, what do you think with the Saints going forward for next year? Well, we're stuck now because they, we had two coaches. So one of them's now uh, head coach of the Broncos, <laughs> and the other one is Dennis Allen. Uh, but that's I, what I'm saying. Do, do, do you think they'll keep Dennis Allen? Do you think they'll stick with hmm? him? 
you think they'll stick oh, with Dennis I, Allen? Absolutely, hundred percent. They're going to stick with him. You know, it depends. Uh, I'll maybe ask Arian Foster what the, the script has for us next year, but uh, I certainly think Dennis Allen is going to be the head coach. Whether he's the head coach for the whole season, we'll see. But he'll be there. It'll be interesting. It'll be another long season, more than likely. <laughs> I feel like we have similar feelings on our teams at the moment. Yes, yes. At the moment, it feels very ominous. You're just there with, you know, a somewhat talented roster, and just thinking, ah, well, what's the point? <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> that's such, that sounds so depressing. I'm sorry. It's like you sound like I sounded all season. It's just like, not in the off-season. In the off-season, I was really high on the Broncos, as you know. But then after week one, it was just like, oh my God, this is awful. Um, Now, another coach that's been talked about uh, as a possible coordinator, of course, is Vic Fangio. Because in the news, Vic Fangio, what I thought had happened was Vic Fangio had signed with the Miami Dolphins. This is what I thought, because I'm sure I read that he'd signed with the Miami Dolphins. A huge deal. But as soon as the Peyton news broke going to Denver, everyone's saying, oh, Vic Fangio's going to be at Denver as a defensive coordinator. And I'm sitting going, no, that can't be right because he's just signed to the Dolphins. But apparently he hasn't. They'd agreed terms, but nothing's been signed. He's not signed with them. And now people are saying Fangio could be going to the Broncos. Now, if that is the case... um. On one hand, I have no issue with that because I think Fangio is one of the best defensive coordinators uh, the, the league's seen in years. But on the other hand, Ejiro Evero, the defensive coordinator for the Broncos, was spectacular. Spectacular. And I don't want him to lose his job. Although in saying that, if he stays as the defensive coordinator, then I know he'll get a head coaching position next year. But if Fangio comes in, no one's going to poach him, so I don't know. Um, so I'll put it to you guys. I'm talking Broncos now. Sorry, I, I said I was going to do this, but I've got to. Um, Vic Fangio, do you think he will join Sean Payton at uh, at Denver? Or do you think he's going to stick with the, agree, the agreement and go to the Dolphins? Or possibly somewhere else? What do you reckon? I had heard the 49ers, not the Broncos, were the other team. Ooh. Obviously, the 49ers now lost because Robert Sala, what, two, three years ago. And They've now, now lost Demigo Ryan's, Ryan's to the Texans. Um, so they have an open spot. That is the team I had heard was the second team, um, not the Broncos. I, I don't see why the Broncos. I know Sean Payton um, at the start oh, yeah, it was, kind of it was, the it was season, purely it the Payton thing. That's all it was. Yeah, at, at the start, it was if he could have a whole coaching staff, Fangio would be his defensive coordinator. I don't see the Broncos moving on from that uh, coordinator. Also, would be a, an awkward conversation having Fangio back in, in Denver. But I think it will be Miami, um, depending on what happens with the 49ers. I mean, I feel like one, no income tax in Miami. So go there weather's just as nice in both places <laughs> and these you know with miami you can really make you know a name well you doesn't need to make a name for stuff but you can really make like his own stamp on it and have his home defense and go from there hmm. 49ers they've had an amazing defense under robert seller an amazing defense under D'Amico ryan's if you go there and the defense regresses it looks bad on you i i don't really see it being a winning situation because if you have a good defense so is everyone else at this point you know the last two defensive coordinators have gone on to be head coaches and done great so if you do well there, they go, cool, 
so does everyone else. If you so do bad like, day, you look off. It's a, it's a lose-lose as far as I see. So it's like the opposite of the Sean Payton situation then. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. he's going to win-win. And I, I think Miami, Miami, is, Miami is better money-wise, tax-wise, and, you know, responsibility-wise. Okay. So, Tim. Well, I'm well, telling you now, Fangio is going to Miami, and I'm going to tell you why. Forget about it. I'm going to tell you. He's going to <laughs> He's going to Miami, and it's going to, that's because he's going to go to Miami and be outrageously successful, and they're going to hail him as the greatest success in Miami since Don Shula, and then they're going to start calling him what? Don Fangio. How good is that? Oh my How good gosh. a storyline is that? Oh. He becomes Don Fangio. He, he, he might be. <laughs> he might do. Um, it might now. be in the script. <laughs> God. What are we doing here? Right. So we then mentioned, you mentioned uh, Demico Ryan said. He's gone to Houston. Do you think he gets more than one year if they have another terrible year? We thought Lovey Smith would get more than one. I think the way it is is they David Coley was um, the fall guy. Lovey Smith was kind of a middle guy who's kind of just there. I don't think he was ever there for long term, but it's now the the fall guy. I think if the Texans were to do bad again this year. It will finally be Nick Casario's time to be the fall guy. I don't think he'll get a, a fourth head coach. So I have faith that Domingo Ryan's one will work out and be successful and bring some passion to the Texans. Uh, but also, even if they have a rough season, it will be the GM being wiped first. Does that GM come in and, and say he wants his own head coach? Possibly. But I've got faith in what Domingo Ryan's can do with the Texans, especially defensively. Oh man, uh, can you imagine having a GM you could fire? How good is that? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so jealous. <laughs> but um, hey, look, the Texans, at least at least the Texans have their first round draft pick, right? Because they didn't mess that up. Oh, the, yes, they did. That's right. They did mess that up. That's right. The, 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 the thing that gets me about the Demica Ryan's thing is um, didn't he sue the Texans a few years ago? Did he, he? he did. He did. In like 20, 2015 or 2016, he sued. The Houston Texans. Um, it was. Do you know what? I'm going to bring it up <laughs> because I know he did this. Yeah, to be fair, they've got they've got so much going on that they might be the one team in the world in any sport that's currently paying what four coaches. Uh, they're probably they're probably still <laughs> probably still being Bill O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. So at this um, point, financially, you have to keep Domingo Ryan's. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Ryan's filed a lawsuit against the club due to on-field playing conditions. His suit claimed cost him injury and prematurely ended his noteworthy NFL career. There you go. They reached a settlement. So he was right. (laughs) Yeah, he was was right. So he sued them. He won. And they've just hired them as as their head coach. And he's going there. And he's like, if they fire him, he'll he'll sue them for (laughs) unfair dismissal. (laughs) <laughs> fantastic love it they must be lonely. they're gonna they're gonna have like a wooden bench as his desk it's the most uncomfortable office you've ever seen in your life <laughs> i think i need to get a new chair here joe this one is killing me oh it's so sore anyway right now the other thing we need to talk about here rumors abound about aaron Rodgers being traded and everyone seems to think he's going to the jets what do we think of that? Do we yes. think it's a possibility that Aaron Rodgers could ever go to the Jets? Tim, put it to you first. What do you reckon? Yeah, sure he could. Why not? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, 
Well, because I think he should. <laughs> no, I don't think he should. I think he should, I think he should retire. <laughs> but um, you know, it's a bit like Tom Brady. I thought Tom Brady should retire last year, and Tom Brady was by far uh, a superior competitor to Aaron Rodgers. But um, you know, he should go to Jesse. He should go home and watch, watch, put his feet up, and watch Daly. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's another thing. It's like, well, you're not, you're not gonna do it. You're not gonna go to the Jets and win the Super Bowl. So why bother? You want to go and you're going to join a new team and new new uh, management, new co- new colleagues, and just to to have a uh, you know a, a ten and seven year. Well, why would you do that? What's the point in that? You know, ten and um, seven. The Jets would love a ten and seven. They would, they would sure give they their would, right hand for a ten and seven season. I'm sure they would, but it's not gonna make his career, is it? It's just gonna be a it's going to be a footnote. Oh, he also went to the Jets after he finished playing proper football. He went to the Jets as well. It's not, <laughs> it's not going to lose-lose. Jake, what do you think of this? these rumors? Do you think there's any truth in it whatsoever? Or do you think it's just the, the normal rumor mill? Well, as an avid script watcher and TV watcher, this has happened before. You know, It's just history repeating itself. Brett Favre, yeah. Packers, went to the Jets. Aaron Rodgers... Packers, Jets, you know, lousy script is what I'm saying. They, they need to get better writing, but uh, with Nathaniel Hackett going to the Jets, I feel like that's pretty much the biggest sign you need. It was uh, Aaron Rodgers' you know, offensive coordinator. He basically made Nathaniel Hackett's career, and he flew solo and quickly lost that career. So I think Nathaniel Hackett will be begging on the phone to Aaron Rodgers every night. And who doesn't want to see Aaron Rodgers, one of the biggest prima donnas, out there in New York. I mean, <laughs> that is a car crash waiting to happen. I, See, you know. the, the, you're right. Because the thing with Jets fans, everyone knows, everyone who's got any, has watched the NFL for more than a couple of years, will know Jets fans do not care what you have done somewhere else. They, they don't. If you're not doing it for them, you will get pelters. That's the, fair enough, the, isn't it? I mean... I mean, it, it is fair enough. It is, but I think the Jets fans take it to an extreme. They will likely boo Aaron Rodgers in his first game if he does play for them. You know, if he makes one incompletion, <laughs> because they're, That's they're just nuts. Like the are. Jets That's fans just are like... absolutely bonkers. They really are. Um, I I went to MetLife Stadium uh, and watched the Jets and the Dolphins back in twenty twenty one. I think that Jets fans were making more noise when their offense was on the pitch than when the Dolphins were. And and that's the wrong way around. You're not supposed to do that. But I think they were just booing so much. You um, try supporting Joe Flacco. I, yeah. it, it was it was <laughs> Joe Flacco and it was it was awful. It was absolutely awful. I think the tickets were going for like thirty dollars. That's the only reason we went. I was in New York and tickets were thirty dollars. We're like, let's go. <laughs> so we went. No, it was oh the other thing is Sorry, what was that, Tim? Do you know why New Yorkers are like that? And I'll tell you, this is the honest to God's truth. I'm from more or less the South of America, right? So we talk a little bit slower like this, and everybody thinks we're stupid. They got a lot to say. They got to talk this here. Move on. To bang, 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 bang. Go, 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 go. You know why? Because it's flipped and cold outside of New York. They don't have time for this. They they paid $200 to come and watch you. It was seven seven feet of snow on the pitch, and you got there and stink it up. Nobody wants to see that. Go home. You know, of course they're going to boo him. Absolutely, they will give him pelters. If he was in the South, he'd have it made. <laughs> where where, where, where exactly are you from, Tim? I'm from Kentucky. From hey, where, where about Kentucky are you from? Is that a place we would have heard of? Or? Well, an hour north of Nashville. An hour north of Nashville. There you go. Yeah. Right. So, so we do. We do, yeah. have, we do have winter. It's only about seven days long. The other thing, um, you'll 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 know this, uh, Tim, if you've uh, if you've ever been 
to MetLife Stadium. And Jake, if you've ever been to MetLife Stadium, uh, MetLife Stadium's not in New York. It's in New Jersey. No. That's right. It's weird. New Jersey's a weird place. A really strange place. Um, they have different laws in New Jersey than they do in New York City. I didn't know this until I went there. Uh, but they do, particularly when it comes to like licensing laws and stuff like that. It's all very weird. Also, you cannot get just like jump on a train to get from one to the other. It's so weird. It's it's utterly bizarre. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, they're weird. The Jets fans are weird. I don't know if Giants fans are as weird as Jets fans. Probably not because they have had um, comparably more recent success. Let's put it that way. Um, Jets fans are bonkers. All of them. They're, they're just crazy. So if, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, he should prepare for pelters in week one, in preseason if he's there. He really should. I want to watch that game. I don't care what happens. I want to watch that game. <laughs> oh, I, I, it'll make it. It'll make it more interesting. I mean, Jake. Um, it's, it's, so you, there's rumors that, as you, you know, you mentioned Nathaniel Hackett said, um, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. If 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 he sucks, because <laughs> he could, he might be rubbish. Nathaniel Hackett, there, anything is possible. What 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 happens next? Do you think? Like hypothetically, hypothetical situation. Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and sucks. What happens next? Aaron Rodgers retires and Nathaniel Hackett starts coaching for the Atlantic University. <laughs> University? Awesome. You got my ambitions. It's possible. <laughs> High school. Something like uh, Clarksville Community College or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he becomes a really interesting car salesman. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he does. But, you know, the, the other thing is, uh, Tim, you're saying, why, why would he go to the Jets? New York, huge market. He'll make a ton of cash there. Of course, he does, ton yeah. of yeah. cash. Yeah. You know, not that he needs it. He doesn't need it, but he'll make stacks of money in a place like that. Um, so there you go. I think I think we've covered all the news, have we? Did I miss anything? Well, we've missed the Aaron Foster thing. I've just tried to bring up four or five times just casually. So, uh, <laughs> so nothing else to talk about now. No. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jake. <laughs> Was that my fault? I just no, no. I just because we didn't cover it in the news. I thought I'd just keep keep saying script and just see if anyone bought you know anyone bit. Uh, I didn't buy. He doesn't it. love a good conspiracy. I know. So go for it, Jake. Oh, just that Arian Foster was on a, a former running back, best known for his time at the Texans. Yes, went onto a podcast and, gave, and claimed the NFL is scripted as if it's you know WWE. Uh, but it was honestly some of the best Twitter I've ever seen because some of the quote retweets uh, was the you know the best work and it was just gifs and videos and some of my favorites here Nick Foles reading the Who Wins the Super Bowl MVP in 2017 you can imagine that the gift and the video uh, the, the the 1993 Bills after receiving the Super Bowl loser script for the fourth time in a row. And the, the Saints brass after reading the 2017 to the 2020 NFL scripts. I mean, uh, there's probably a small percentage of people out there that are like, yeah. As, after the Bengals game and all those bad officiating calls and they wanted the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, it's scripted. Uh, just, you know, even as a Saints fan after the, the Rams uh, no call and they put up three points in the, the NFL, you know, in the Super Bowl, I wasn't like, oh, the NFL is scripted. 
I was like, that was a really bad call, and that official should never officiate again. But uh, the NFL is scripted. It's got to be out there as like the craziest things Owens come out and said. And like I say, some of the Twitter replies, even former players chirping, and it's just been superb. I just keep refreshing Twitter and seeing or what else people a- are saying. Anyone, anyone who thinks for one second that the NFL is scripted is is in the same ballpark as people who deny the moon landings or flat earthers. Seriously, that's the level of just... Hang on a minute. Which one? Which one, Tim? I need to to find out which one you're talking about here. I'm just saying you can't put flat earthers in the same category as people who deny the moon landing. I can. They're no, both completely are incompetent. Of, no, flat earthers are on a level of their own. But, okay, flat earthers are totally on, okay, okay. on a different flat planet than us. Right. Genuinely. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I will I will accede to the fact but, that perhaps flat earthers are more daft than people who deny the moon landings. But then I all flat so. earthers deny the moon landings, so <laughs> I, I'm just you saying. Think, you'd think that a flat moon would make it easier to land there. And yeah. That's not the point. <laughs> Um, to go back to the scripted thing, I'm starting to pick up on your cues, Jacob. Excellently delivered uh, clues. I never picked up on it, but I've been seeing this not not just from Arian Foster. Even before that whole thing, there was a number of of, um, of people I kept seeing on on YouTube on the shorts and that saying here the NFL is scripted and here's how you can tell. Uh, and some of it's quite convincing. Some of it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's really strange. You you'll see somebody sort of you know fumble out of nowhere. You'll see somebody miss a tackle or or just sort of seem to leap out of the way of a, of a guy that has the ball. And you think, that's really strange, isn't it? I don't actually think it is. And and what makes me think it's not really is that no one would give Dallas this bad a script for 30 years. <laughs> Certainly. Surely. No, that's, that's, that's one of the things that makes me think it could be true. I mean, Maybe everyone was really they, sick of they Dallas heat, being a they they Jerry oh, that much. 28 years of sucking. Am I being trolled? What are you telling me? I'm being trolled by these people. I think it may be. <laughs> oh my word, that's absolutely brilliant. You, do you think you think Roger Goodell? Because obviously Roger, he'd be the guy in charge. You think Roger Goodell just hates Jerry so much, and he's like, for as long as I can draw breath, the Cowboys will not get to an NFC Championship game. That actually that actually makes it believable. And uh, and maybe rather than Jim McMahon, it was actually Vince McMahon running things all these years. <laughs> <laughs> it was me, Austin. <laughs> oh my word! Oh my I would, word! I would love the heel turn of Vince McMahon coming out at like the Hall of Fame speech and just letting everyone know that yes, wrestling and NFL, the XFL was you know they tried to make it really obvious and it didn't take on, so they just come out and tell us now that uh, it's not uh, scripted; it's predetermined. That's that's what wrestling is. It's not scripted. It's predetermined. That's every bit of it's predetermined. I think that's what scripted means. Um, The the (laughs) so would this make Tom Brady the Undertaker? Because he just won't go away. He just won't. Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) He is. He's unbeaten. You know. He's got his his Super Bowl streak. (laughs) What does that make Bill Belichick? Um, Paul Bearer. Yeah. (laughs) What's that? What's that? His name? Paul Bearer. Yeah. Yes. See, I know nothing about wrestling. So I, I got two names oh, right. Me neither. I, I don't have a tattoo or anything. No, do, <laughs> sorry, what? What was that? Oh, I don't watch wrestling. Yeah. I didn't stay up till 6 a.m. watching the Royal Rumble this weekend. You do, no, don't we you? No, we can't watch did, the Super Bowl. <laughs> Listen, you know I, how much I value my sleep. I have got no, uh, no issues 
uh, with people watching wrestling. It gets millions and millions and millions of viewers all the time. That's why it's a multi-billion millions. dollars. Uh, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, no. Um, it's getting loads, loads of viewers. Yeah, absolutely. But the only thing that I object to is what I know people who swear it's not right. And I was like, well, it's completely yeah, choreographed. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's not it's real. I said, like, well, it's clearly not. That guy got hit in the face with a chair nine times. He did, he's not even bleeding. <laughs> like, it's clearly choreographed. Incredibly well choreographed. I'll give them that. But it's clearly, clearly choreographed. It's entertainment. And I have no issues with that. Do you know? It's like going to a ballet. There you go. It's all choreographed. Go and see a musical. But they've got music and wrestling as well. So there you go. All the big tunes going now, on. Can I just cover my base and say that if the NFL does turn out to be scripted at some point and it becomes public knowledge and, and it's it's totally confirmed and verified and uh, indisputable, I want to say that I'm not totally convinced that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm covering, know, covering, covering both bases. I was like, that was kind of fun. That was well done, Tim. That was absolutely amazing. I still think, I still think that it's possible that it is rigged somehow. I don't know, but there's so many there's so many players involved, and a lot of them aren't very intelligent. So would they actually be able to stick to a script? You know, sixty odd players just in one game. Do we actually think they could all follow a, a script or, or a, you know a predetermined outcome? I don't Tim, think so. you're talking about you're talking to a guy here who watched Nathaniel Hackett's offense. I I I watched plays where four guys can't run a route. Are you joking? <laughs> no, is this, there's no way they're going to follow an entire an entire plan for a season. You know, maybe they can run around. Maybe they can run around perfectly. <laughs> In fact, they can run around deliberately imperfectly. Well, do you know what, Tim? Given some of my takes over the past year, <laughs> this this could oh, I, you know I'm wrong again. Oh my god! Imagine that. Oh my word! Can I point you back to Dak Prescott this year when he threw out to the side to his running back, bounced it off the defender? went back, snapped the ball, and threw it in exactly the same place, and the defender grabbed it ran for pick six. You can see why I messed up the first time, and then he's like, fine, run it again. I let the the script down. (laughs) I better get it right this time. And he did. He threw it right to him. The guy ran back for a pick six. So you can see why I'm going, "Eh, maybe, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. I really hope not. I'll be still let down. I hope not. (laughs) Oh, dear. It's just, it's... I was going to say it annoys me. It's just, I'm done with it. People, people who, who put that stuff on you, it's like, oh, behave yourself. There's no, there, there's no way. It, it just, it can't be. Because there's Yeah, you're too telling me no one on a practice involved. squad who's been fired when they thought they were going to get a job or told they got a job didn't come out with a script and said, oh, look, this is what we were getting told in, tra- like in, in the, the meeting rooms. That's yeah. never happened. So yeah. And, and, and people Maybe. who get absolutely torn to shreds by the fans for making a mistake and going, wow, I'm the bad guy here. Why did I sign up for this? Why am I, why am I the bad guy? Just because it's in the script, you know? It's like, good grief. Demeco Ryan sued the Texans and now, hang on, actually. That's a good point. He sued the Texans and now they're taking him on. No one saw that coming. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, Tim's that, got a point. It, it's a great plot twist, isn't it? See, the more you talk about it, the more you're thinking. Yeah, we're starting to convince yeah. ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. It's just like Peyton Place. It's just like uh, Dynasty in Dallas and Peyton Place. It's like all these things. It's just exactly the same. Oh, my word. <laughs> my word. Brilliant. I love it. Um, so, 
Tim, are you going to be staying up to watch the Super Bowl? I'm assuming you are. Uh, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I might. I might try, but um, I. I have a one-year-old, so um, I well, really, probably, really do value my sleep these uh, days. Uh, he'll. She is it a he or she? He. He. He will probably keep you up that time anyway. So go for it. I, I hope so. I'm gonna. I'm gonna poke him. At about eleven you know o'clock, what? I'm gonna poke him. You, you should actually get your own back and just just keep waking him up. In the face of a baby. <laughs> How do you like it? <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you stopped there. Jake and said, "Oh, uh, yeah, get your own back." Crying his face. I was all oh, right. Okay. Who? I thought he was gonna be doing other things. You know, that's that's, that's fine. Yep. Well, I, I, I was just thinking. You know, if, if Tim says, "Do you know what? I'm just gonna drink some salt water and eat some flaming hot Cheetos, and then we're just gonna go to town on this guy." It's the Super Bowl, and guess what I've just done. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my word! <laughs> There's the baby wipes. Deal with it. <laughs> okay, I'm busy, I'm, I'm busy watching the football. Get me beer while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me, dearie me. So, uh, Jake, you will be you will be staying up to watch this. Oh, football. you know it. I don't value sleep. No, um, I, I'm happy. I was I messaged you and yesterday. I'm happy that I've now got a reason to stay up for the draft. Not that I needed one, but I've got a reason. Uh, and for the Super Bowl, you know, I've been high on the Eagles. I can't quit on them now. No, you cannot. You've been you've been picking them since week one, since preseason, since preseason. You called it the Eagles. So uh, even a broken the, clock is right twice a day. It, it certainly is. Yes. <laughs> now we have to uh, go on to our final segment, gentlemen, which is of course random. In fact, no, which is of course Tim. Would you like to do the honors? Random stats. There we go. Thank you very much. Um, so, who would like to go first for random stats? Nobody. Mine is very, very. Oh, and you go, and you go. Uh, uh, Jake, would you, do you want to go first? Or will I go first? Do you want me to go first? I was going to let the guest go first, but that's that's up to you. Well, I think Tim doesn't want to. I'll go first, and then Tim, you can go, and then we'll get Jake. Um, we've also got stats from Callum and Dave as well. So Full house. Full house for the 50th episode. So my random stat concerns uh, touchdown leaders. Season Every season, one player uh, leads the league, unless, of course, the tie, uh, leads the league in touchdowns. Now, Austin Eckler has led the league the last two years. Uh, before him, the last person to lead the league two years in a row was Todd Gurley 2017 and 2018 you've then got to go all the way back to Sean Alexander 2004-2005 leading the league in touchdowns now here's the thing many many people have done it twice in a row not a single player has led the NFL in touchdowns three years running and I went all the way back to 1932 for this one (laughs) <laughs> so to check wow. that was the case um austin eckler 20 touchdowns last year 18 touchdowns this year if he leads the league in touchdowns next year stays healthy hopefully he will be the first player to ever lead the league in three consecutive years of touchdowns um and just to, to add on um to to the actual stat itself the record is of course uh, Ladinian Tomlinson, who in 2006 had 31 total 
touchdowns. That's the record. Uh, but Austin Eckler has led the league the last two years. So he has the chance to become the first person ever to lead the league in touchdowns three years in a row. And that is my random stat. Commiserations to Austin Eckler, who has got a week three injury next year on the cards. Yeah, sorry about that, Austin. You've just cursed him. You've <laughs> just absolutely Prob- cursed him. I probably have. <laughs> Tim, uh, would you like to give us your random stat, mate? Well, I went for I went for scores, and I mentioned earlier that the average uh, score um, was thirty point four against sixteen point four, so an average margin of fourteen points. What's interesting about uh, the the further stats behind that is that in the first ten Super Bowls, um, the total number of points scored was lower than the season average. Sorry, eight out of ten the first uh, eight out of the first ten Super Bowls, the total points score was lower than the season average, and since then, roughly seventy five percent of the games have been higher scoring than the season average. Um, so I don't know if that dictates that uh, in the first 10 Super Bowls, they were really smash mouth, down the trenches, defensive led uh, teams, but it might seem to imply that. So uh, a very short, sharp and beautiful stat that um, uh, the average score winning margin is 14 points. Um, average score is obviously overall uh, 40.6. Um, sorry, 46 rather. Uh, but the first 10, 8 out of the first 10, were lower than the season average for that year. And since then, 75, 75% of the Super Bowl totals have been higher than the season average. So make of that what you will. There you go. Well, well the, the over for the Super Bowl, if you're interested, is 49.5. So I wonder if they've done their research like you and have figured out what the, the season average is. And if anyone is crazy enough to do it, maybe it might be worth a, a bet if it's 75% yeah. of the time it's coming in. Absolutely, yeah. There you go. Well, hopefully we'll get a nice high-scoring Super Bowl. So what we're going to do is we're going to hand it over to Callum for his random stat. What is your random stat? My random stat is, first of all, I'd like to um, thank your your listener who, who made the the random stat. Um, oh, Patrick. Yes. Patrick. Big shout-out to Patrick for making that, um, that list. Um, it saved me from potentially repeating... Uh, something because admittedly I'm not 100% up to date with you with the show being stuck in the desert's been oh that that'll do it yeah of course (laughs) yeah so uh I'd like to I'd like to talk about Devin Hester always good Bears fame and um I mean he's got uh, he's got a bunch of records uh it's actually quite quite impressive but he has I'm going to make sure I've got this right. Yeah. It's the most non-offensive touchdowns of any player in the NFL. 20 touchdowns. That's impressive. That's it, very impressive. However, he also holds the record for the fastest touchdown in Super Bowl history. 14 seconds. That's true. I actually forgot about that. That's yes, very true. Uh, he took the opening kickoff. Yep. Um, 95 yards. I forget which Super Bowl it was. It was it was against it was against the Colts. I remember that, but I don't yes. know which. Do you do you have the Super Bowl number? Uh, uh, I know it was two thousand and seven. Um, I have no idea what that was. <laughs> I don't know what, <laughs> what number helpful. that is. Uh, I get confused 30, between year and number. Thirty-six. Is that thirty-six? I don't know. I don't remember. I'm terrible. Absolutely rubbish with it. Um, yeah, that's right. 14 seconds. That's 14 seconds. I think that's uh, that's going to take some beating. Um, 
I mean, he did run, you know, it was a 95-yard run. So barring a a pretty terrible kickoff, um, I think it's going to be, he's going to be holding that for, for quite some time. Yeah, so I think that there's only two ways you can beat that. So one is if the the team kicking off, because uh, the, the ball doesn't start until it's touched by an opposing player. The clock doesn't start, I should say, until it's touched by an opposing player. Yes. So it is possible for the team to kick off. The other the opposing team just doesn't touch the ball and just sits there, and they, they run down and pick it up for a touchdown with no time gone. It's possible. I think it may have actually happened once in one game many, many years ago. Um, or if they don't touch the ball and it goes for a, a, oh my, a touchback, I should say, and they get the ball on their own 25-yard line, it is possible for the defense to then score a touchdown. And, you know, that might take less than 14 seconds because it, he, it could be a pick six. Well, and he only has to go twenty five yards, so it's yes. possible. Highly unlikely. It's yeah, it's um, it's highly unlikely. I mean, it's ha- it's happened in in regular season games, um, but I don't know. There just seems to be that extra thing about the Super Bowl where everyone's trying to be at their next level and their top top of their game. You know. Yeah, especially because they'll have that drilled into them. You know, no mistakes. Whatever you know, don't make a mistake. Don't drop the ball on a kickoff. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't throw an interception the first play of the game. They tell them that every game, I'm sure, but you're right. I think in the Super Bowl, they tell them again and again and again and again, just, you know, just do, you know, I hate to quote Bill Belichick, but do your job. You know, as we keep seeing here. So there you go. That's uh, Devin Hester. That's a nice random stat column. We always like random stats that involve special teamers. I think the special teams need a bit of love now and again. They do. I, I sometimes I think we we are the only podcast giving special teamers. Oh, we're not the only one. I know that, but uh, sometimes I think we give them more love than anyone else. We do. We do enjoy our special teams. So there you go. Thank you very much for your time, Callum. I do appreciate that. And thanks for all your uh, hard work over the past. Thank you. Year, once again. past fifty episodes helping out. That's crazy. Um, it's been. It, it has. It has been crazy. Um, so we really appreciate you stopping by. Thank you very much. And uh, we shall catch you in next season uh, of the WinFL show after the Super Bowl. Woohoo! You take it easy. Thank you, Callum. And now we're going to put it over to Dave for his random stats. Well, because we've got such a long podcast, I'm going to give you a really short one that is still quite an eye-opener, though. But um, So, obviously, we, we've just come off the back of the AFC and NFC Championship games. Yes. So... Uh, what uh, Joe Burrow was actually able to uh, equal a franchise record this year, and that franchise record is that uh, he's now got five playoff wins for the Bengals in his first three seasons. Now, obviously, we know in the first season he had that bad injury and was out for the rest of the year. So uh, that it basically last year and this year in in two seasons he's been able to rack up five playoff wins. Now, in the previous. 52 seasons that the Bengals have been in existence, they have five playoff wins without Joe Burrow. He he is is a team franchise and game changer in every single way. So he equaled the amount of wins that the Bengals had in the playoffs without him. So they both have... So without Joe Burrow, the Bengals have five playoff wins in their history. With Joe Burrow, 
They have 10 now in total, but Joe Burrow has five individually. So if if we didn't have enough evidence with Patrick Mahomes that the franchise quarterback is the most important position on the field, <laughs> Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, between the pair of them, it was brilliant. And they, they rounded off their, uh, the AFC uh, championship game with an immense game and... You know, fantastic by Joe Burrow. He, it's going to be a, an AFC rivalry, I think, for for the next 10, 15 years. And I'm here for it, and I can't wait for it. But yeah, Bengals playoff wins with Joe Burrow, five. He's only had three seasons. And the Bengals, in their history, pre-Joe Burrow, for the last 52 seasons, was five. That's Incredible. insane. It's amazing. That's, and it, that that yeah. almost doesn't compute. That just... Because they went to two Super Bowls in the 80s. So you'd think that in, in between those Super Bowl appearances, they must have had, you know, a few playoff wins. But that's absolutely insane because they went to Super Bowl... Um, Super Bowl 19, I'm going to say. 19? No. No. 16. 16 Super Bowl 16 I know I know it was yeah it was quite very well, early yeah against the 49ers that was back in the Ken Anderson days and then in Super Bowl 23 they played the 49ers and they lost oh, yeah. in that game that was Boomer Esiason I oh wow that's an that's an amazing start Dave I love it that's it's, it's, absolutely it, yeah, it, amazing. It's Wonderful. it's amazing, but um, I'll I'll give you a very quick thirty second one as well. Yeah, go for that. It. The most career receiving yards in the playoffs. The top five have now two tight ends. Obviously, Jerry Rice is is way 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 ahead of everyone else. So he has yeah. two thousand two hundred forty five yards. Travis Kelsey is second with one thousand four hundred and sixty seven yards in the playoffs. Third, right behind him is Julian Edelman. Fourth is Gronk yeah, with 1,389. Yes. So between Edelman and Gronk, I think we can we safely assume who Brady's favorite targets were. And then rounding up the top top five is Michael Irvin. So Michael now Irvin. The mo- I think that it shows how underrated and um, underappreciated the tight end position is. So uh, we've, been, we've been seeing it from, from the beginning. Oh, absolutely, but that, yep. that's also why we have uh, national. We, you know, we have national tight end day. I think that was Greg Kittle that brought that in, actually, uh, in the last <laughs> year or two. But um, yeah, you got Gronk in fourth, you, and now Kelsey has moved from third to second. That, it's an incredible stat, but um, it shows when your wide receivers are not open, or you, you know, in Mahomes's case, when uh, Kelsey is open, you're going to find Kelsey. I yeah, think we've seen true. that this season, but uh, yeah. Big up tight ends and big up Joe Burrows. Well, there we are. Thank you very much for that, Dave. Appreciate you stopping by for the 50th episode extravaganza. Um, We will be seeing you next week on the Mm -hmm. podcast um, where we will be doing a proper full-scale preview of the Super Bowl and keeping an eye on Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Um, So thank you very much, Dave, and uh, we shall see you next week. Always a pleasure. So finally, to finish us off on the episode 50 extravaganza of the WinFL show, two hours spectacular. Jake, what is your random stat? 
Well, what an honor to take us home. Mine is also focusing on the Super Bowl. I'm focusing on where the Super Bowl has been held. It's been held in Arizona. Now, the Cardinals have the same amount of wins in Arizona as both the Chiefs and the Eagles. So whoever wins the Super Bowl will have more wins in Arizona than the Cardinals had in their entire season. And to really put the, the nail in the coffin and make it worse, this season, obviously 17-game season, you can only play eight at home or nine at home and eight away, nine away. Yeah. This was the season where the Cardinals had nine home games. So they won one out of nine at home, and either the Chiefs or the Eagles will have a better record in Arizona than the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> That's <just> depressing. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. And then I had to go, I had to go double check and research myself. Was this the season they had eight home games or nine? And I'm very sorry for any Cardinals fans that it was the year you have nine home games. Oh my word. Oh my word. That's, that's rough. If you're a Cardinals fan, uh, they've not got a lot to shout about. Looking forward. Um, they don't even have a head coach. They don't have a head coach. And who knows what's happening with the quarterback situation there. He ain't going to be ready for week one, I'll tell you that. So, Tim, you're now the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Who are you hiring for head coach? And who are you trying to swipe for your quarterback? Oh, man. Um, oof. Uh that's that's uh, I, don't, I was going to go with um, hire a mover and move back to St. Louis where you belong. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of town. Yeah, um, maybe Just that'll move. work. Maybe that'll work. Back to back to being the St. Louis Cardinals again. Jake, what about you? Is do you have any any opinion on this at all? I would hire Brian Flores. I would have hired Dan Quinn, but he's already said he's he's staying in Dallas. And like I say, I think that's a, a smart thing to do because. Mm-hmm. If McCarthy goes mid-season or even end of season, he'll be in prime position to take over there. But I'd be looking at Brian Flores. As for quarterback, you just need to make do for however many weeks until Kyle Murray's back because he won't be ready for week one. But you do have a franchise quarterback, you know, theoretically there. So I, I would bring in Brian Flores, show up the defense. I think they, they probably need to. And of course, they've lost J.J. Uh, Watt. He's retired. Um, and... I've completely forgotten what's happened to DeAndre Hopkins. He's basically been put out there as in, to be traded. So, yeah, he's, he's not been traded yet, though. He's still... No. He's, yeah, but they're, they're shopping him. Yes. That's going to be rough. Whoever takes that gig in Arizona, that's going to be rough for them. I think we can all agree that. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so, gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, unless did I miss anything? Have we got any uh, any other breaking news that we need to worry about? I don't think so. I think we're pretty good. No. Quick, quick double check, quick refresh on, on on Twitter there before we do anything there. Um, so there we go. Uh, Tim, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Not at all. And Jake, thank you as always for joining us. Happy to be here. And thank you to everyone for listening. You can find us on Twitter uh, at the WinFL Show. You can also find myself and Jake on Twitter. You can also find Dave and Callum on Twitter. Tim, are you on Twitter yet? You'll never find me on Twitter. <laughs> you're just you're an absolute murder. Do you know that? You murder. Anyway, um, 
once Tim finally works out how to use his phone, you'll be able to find him on Twitter as well. Uh, please follow us, a like and comment. Thank you everyone for listening. And we will catch you on next week's Super Bowl preview edition of the NFL Show.